You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam. And before we get started today, I'd just like to thank my newest Patreon members, Danielle Noto and Tara Noto, for joining my extended family. If you love this podcast and want to support it on a deeper level, visit patreon.com backslash callmeadamnyc, where you'll get exclusive perks. There's a membership level for everybody's budget, starting at just $3 a month. So don't delay. Join today. Now, without further ado, on today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am chatting with Broadway actress and recording artist Janet DeCall, who's best known for her roles in Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, Frank Wildhorn's Wonderland, Hal Prince's Prince of Broadway, and most recently, Janet was leading the national tour of the Tony Award-winning musical The Band's Visit. Don't go anywhere, because when we come back, we'll be chatting with Janet DeCall. Hi, Janet. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Adam? I'm well. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) So um, let's actually, uh, let's start with the band's visit and some Broadway credits, and then we'll get into your music. Okay. So can you maybe describe a little bit? Here you are on the national tour of the band's visit that just came off of winning the Tony Award, and and then the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. and unfortunately closed everything down. Yeah. So what what was it like to I mean to get the role and then to be on tour and then to have everything come to a sudden pause like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think shocking for all of us. Uh, I don't think we anybody foresaw the magnitude of what this has all actually become, uh, Mm -hmm. being that nobody's experienced this before. So, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to get cast in this role and um, it's been such an incredible process and it's such a beautiful show. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were out on the road going from city to city, really enjoying each city, really, you know, starting to, feel like I was starting to really step into the shoes of this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I started with the show in January and then we froze in March. So mm-hmm. uh, it felt like things were just starting to get warm and, you know, mm-hmm. and then this all happened and everything stopped. So, you know, we were very lucky that we have uh, producers and a team that were very much looking out for the cast and making sure that as we got word of what was happening, that we were informed and that we were on top of what the steps would be uh, were we to close. And mm. ultimately we did close, yes. uh, not knowing when it was going to be. So we all kind of had an idea, uh, but we didn't know when the last show would be. So we mm. played our last show on a Thursday night, not knowing if we'd come back on Friday and we didn't come back on Friday. And then they basically had already started um, our our management team had started getting flights ready for everybody to go back to their points of origin. Mm, so wow. that's kind of what happened uh, with the band's visit on tour. 
And from a performer side of view, I mean, what goes through your head as you're as you're like you're you're getting word that you know the tour might be coming to an end because of of what's going of the pandemic, and then it really does happen. So, like, what I mean, what's your mindset like, and how do you process it all? Well, quite honestly, as things started to get more and more serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I became a little bit more in tune with coughing and sneezing in the audience, mm. <laughs> which are things that you you know when you're in it you you don't pay attention to. But this is all now starting to become a bigger part of your consciousness. Mm-hmm. So uh, the coughing and the sneezing became more present to me anyway. Uh, and really, we were all you know just concerned. Nobody wanted to get sick. Um, mm-hmm. As things got more serious, the creative, the the team um, sort of sheltered us and bubbled us. So uh, they stopped letting people come backstage. We couldn't sign any more autographs at the stage door. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't go out on the town as mm-hmm. we typically do when you're on mm-hmm. tour. Mm-hmm. So they were just trying to really shelter us and protect us. So that kind of gets you in the mind frame of oh, this is serious. And then you're mm-hmm. watching the news and you're you're seeing things develop in other countries mm-hmm. and not knowing if it was going to hit us the same way. Right. Uh, but we certainly were on high alert. So that sort of like prepping got us all ready to know that the best thing for everybody would be to just stop the play, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is obviously ultimately what happened. So now you've been home uh, do you live in New York? Are- well, I <laughs> I had given up my apartment because of the tour. Oh, okay. So after when this all happened, uh, I was lucky enough that my fiance and I, he was able to come on the road with me. So we gave up our place and we were going to just travel the country and have a great time. And at the time when everything stopped, New York was obviously the hot spot. And we just mm-hmm. didn't think it was smart to go back there. Not like we had a place to go back to, but that wasn't uh what we felt would be the safest for us given mm-hmm. that we had the chance to go somewhere else so we mm-hmm. actually my family is in central florida oh okay so we drove straight from we were in pittsburgh to uh-huh. central florida uh and ended up in a wonderful uh airbnb kind of situation mm-hmm. and um we're actually getting ready to move into a house because we don't know when this is going to end. We've been yearning for a place to sort of feel settled in because of all of the chaos and decided that that would be the best move for us. We're trying to find the the positives in all of this and Mm -hmm. the silver linings of it all. And, you know, you got to try to hold on to hope when when everything seems so bleak and and find ways to, to... fill your heart and your life with some joy because mm-hmm. there's so much heaviness going on in the world yes. today. How do you find um, hope when things are so bleak? I mean, what, what are some tools you use to keep staying positive? Well, certainly connecting to, to my loved ones, you know, mm-hmm. we're all distanced at the moment. And so I really try to make it a point to, reach out to the people that I miss and, mm. and, you know, have, thank God for FaceTime and the internet. Yes. <laughs> you know, it certainly makes things easier. Had we lived in a time where we didn't have this as an option, I think it'd be much more challenging. Mm. You know, if we can just mm-hmm. pick up a phone and see somebody's face on the other side of it is a real, real blessing. So that's definitely helpful. Uh, I also find that I need to get outside at least mm-hmm. once a day just to move my body in some capacity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important to me. Uh, so exercise and I've been sleeping a lot, which is, uh, <laughs> very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so you just, you find the little things that, uh, that, that bring you a little bit of happiness. Yes. Yes. And in, in searching for a house, do you, um, do you watch any of like the, the design shows on HGTV, First like all, House Hunters? I'm obsessed with HGTV and <laughs> Joanna Gaines. I, I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> she is my true inspiration. I've always loved like the home renovation shows. Mm-hmm. So I've been a big fan of Fixer Upper and HGTV for a long time. So it's definitely really fun to get ideas and, you know, play house and, and have fun with the decor and shop for rugs online and all of that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I love those shows. I love it. Well, if Joanna's listening to this episode, hook hook Janet up because she Please, would love to have you. Anna, I need some help with the bathroom. I don't know which color scheme to go. I can We're- send you some pictures. <laughs> We're gonna get this to her somehow, some way. We're gonna make her see this episode. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, so I love fun. it. Let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, I want to start talking about your music because you just released your debut album, so yes, we have do. a lot to talk about. Okay, good. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Janet Decal. Priceline presents. Go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. Hey everyone, my name is Janet DeCall and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. (laughs) Just like that. The quickest commercial breaks ever I take. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, So you just released your debut album and um oh my god my standards <laughs> i just i was like wait where are my notes here i have i have everything written down um but before we get talking about your your debut album i want to talk a little bit about because uh earlier in your career you've worked with some of the most legendary people in music i mean you've worked with gloria estefan ricky martin shakira jennifer lopez mark anthony i mean everybody yeah that was a Um, pretty pretty amazing time so i um i lived in miami uh when the whole latin crossover was happening and i just happened to be working at gloria and emilio estefan's recording studio 
So Emilio Estefan was the executive producer of all of these artists who were crossing over from the Latin market to the American market. Mm-hmm. And during my time there, I started off as a receptionist, but I would sing in the hallways hoping to get discovered. They had this amazing like uh, indoor uh, stairwell with the best acoustics you could possibly imagine. So I would go in, I would be at the desk answering phones. And then when they have me go up to run some errand, I would sing in that stairwell, hoping that Emilio would hear me sing. And uh, I would sing musicals. So there oh I'd be singing like Brent and talking about <laughs> splitting my wrist in the bathroom. And one day, one of the studio managers like, do, do we need to have a conversation? Are you okay? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's so, hilarious. <laughs> I would sing in the stairwell and lo and behold one day so emilio had all of these producers that were cranking out like tons and tons of songs for all of these artists that were shopping for music for their albums Mm -hmm. and one of the day one of the one day one of the producers was like janet do you want to come in and like see what happens in the studio and i was like this is my chance (laughs) so he brought me in and i and i watched them record background vocals for these songs. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I moved from answering the phone to working in the production department to singing these demos that these producers would write to sell to oh these God. artists. And then after that, I started recording background vocals for those artists on their album. And things just sort of turned around that way. And it was a real education. Wow. It was an incredible time to be there. I mean, you know, all of these guys were walking through this door and they were becoming these like megastars and it was Mm -hmm. all happening before my eyes. So, you know, when you're in that energy and around that environment, it really gives you hope Mm -hmm. that dreams are possible. And so Mm -hmm. having that uh, so present uh, was a real lesson for me in Mm. that if you want something and you work hard enough, it can happen. And mm-hmm. I saw it happen every day. I mean, that performance where Ricky Martin was, I think it was uh, on the Grammys and, and uh-huh. it was his first like big showcase. I mean, he was literally in the studio when all of that was happening. So oh my God. it was a real magical, magical time. Wow. And I know you, you also got to sing for, uh, for Gloria Estefan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, did you learn anything from her or did you get to like interact with her? Or was she, you know, was she there uh, on days that you recorded? Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, the funny thing is I'm Cuban American and mm-hmm. I grew up listening to Gloria Stefan. This is mm. like the voice of my childhood. Oh so my for my life to turn around in a way where I was in her facility day in and day out, um, was a dream come true. It's mm. I could not have imagined that my life would have taken me there during that time. And yeah, I mean, she's an incredible human being, such a generous person, an incredible songwriter, um, and a real advocate. She was the one, so I did mm. the show in Miami. You know, you've got these little angels that are in your life. I have a friend mm. named Henry Gainza who ended up being on on in On Your Feet on Broadway. Anyway, I we were high school friends and we had lost touch. He went to New York to do a show 
and I hadn't spoken to him in a couple of years. I was working at the studio. He calls me at the studio and he's like, hey, I don't know if you're doing theater anymore, but we lost our leading lady. We're bringing the show down to Miami. Do you want to audition? The theater bug bit and Gloria came to see me in the show. And she tells me, "You, that's what you need to be doing. You need to go to New York and that's your, that's where you belong. Wow. Yeah. So when you hear it from like, this iconic Oof. person, you're like, maybe I should heed that advice. Yes. That might be a good idea. Yes. So, you know, that sort of gives you permission to, again, follow your dreams and, and let the current take you mm-hmm. the way you're supposed to go. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yes. Listen to, to that, like, higher power, the universe, or yes. whatever, however you, you look at it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, I did, I did read on your website that, um, that you say that music sort of saved your life. Um, I would love to know, like, what you meant by that and how specifically it saved your life. Well, music has always been a really present thing for me. <clears throat> again, uh, again, my parents are Cuban American, and I grew up listening to all kinds of music in my house. You know, I was a musical theater nerd. My parents would listen to these old school Cuban standards, mm-hmm. and my brother—I have a brother who's a big rock fan, and the other one was a big rap fan. So we had—I had all kinds of music playing in my house all of the time, and it was very present. And I just always connected to music in a way that felt very intimate. Mm. Um, and I knew very young that I would, this was part of who I am, but I Mm. didn't know in which way it would manifest. Mm. And so, yeah, it just was always very present. And then there was a fast forward. I have this incredible career in New York. I moved to LA for a while and things there for me are very challenging. Mm. Um, I meet a friend who is another huge Cuban music, uh, lover. And mm-hmm. we really connect. And I share this idea about wanting to do the American standards with Cuban arrangements. Mm-hmm. And he basically felt felt like he was like in my brain, like, oh, I know exactly what you mean. And during that time, it was this music that gave me purpose. I felt mm-hmm. so disconnected create creatively because I wasn't mm-hmm. in a show. I wasn't singing. I was just basically surviving in LA, mm-hmm. you know, not acting, not, not doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this project in particular during that time reinvigorated me and it, and it mm-hmm. reminded me not only where I come from, but what I'm supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. how, how it just fills me with joy and light. That's beautiful. Thank you. That is really beautiful. And now you have your debut album, My Standards, out in the world yeah. for everybody to listen to. And um, I, I, I really love it. I, I will tell you a few of my favorite tracks on the album are um, My Funny Valentine, Moon Dance, which you do a duet with um, Javier Munoz. Yes. Uh, and I also love Tenderly as well. Thank I mean, you. so great. But the album overall is very strong. And what is it like? Like now you have this this um, dream of yours. It's out there for everybody to listen to. So what is it like to now like have it available? I mean, it really sort of feels like a miracle in a way mm-hmm. because the concept... And 
when this was born was, I want to say five years ago. And I basically put it on the shelf um, mm. because I didn't have the means or the, the, at the time it just wasn't the right time to make the album. Mm-hmm. And um, when the band's visit came along and I was touring the country, I was like, well, this is the perfect opportunity to have something to have available to audiences everywhere I go that is very mm-hmm. intimately and specifically me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, it was the right time to make it. It felt like, mm-hmm. oh, that thing that you created and that you you stored away, it's time to actually let's let's create this really and make it a thing. And so I basically recorded that album, I want to say a month, before I went on tour, it was like wow. in LA, in Mexico, in Miami, everybody was working simultaneously to, and I was in New York. So it was crazy. So the wow. fact that this album exists is an absolute miracle. And everybody that participated was so generous with their time and their gifts. And it really is a labor of love. It really, really is. So let's take another quick break. When we come back, I do just want to go back to Broadway for a little bit um, and just talk about some of the previous shows you were in. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Janet DeCal. And now we're back. (laughs) My favorite thing is when I go to commercial break and I come back and it's so much fun watching everybody I'm interviewing because everybody just laughs about how quick it is and it's so enjoyable. <laughs> I don't know why I, I don't know why I get a kick out of it. <laughs> I get a kick out of it too. So I came to know you, the first Broadway show I saw you in was, um, was Wonderland, um, which I loved you in. Thank and you. I loved that show. Um, and you got to work with Frank Wildhorn in that show. You've also gotten to work with Hal Prince uh, for Prince of Broadway and um, Lin-Manuel Miranda for In the Heights. So um, if you could maybe touch on, let's start with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, I mean, what was it like to, to work with him? Because also like, this is now going back a few years. So I mean, In the Heights was big, but then this is, you know, before Hamilton was on Broadway and, and uh, now it's on Disney Plus. So um, what was it like for you to like be part of the show and, and all work together? Well, I met Lynn pretty much out of Wesleyan. So he was very young. Wow. And In the Heights was the first audition I went on when I moved to New York. And at the time, it was he had just basically graduated college. Mm-hmm. And I think his dad had asked him, do you want to do a party for your birthday or do you want to do a reading of your musical? And thank <laughs> God he said reading of the musical. <laughs> So again, my little angel friend, Henry Gainza was in New York and he's like, look, there's this guy, he's right out of school, he's doing a reading. I've been working on this. We've done a couple of presentations and they need Latin actors. Do you wanna come in and audition? And I was like, oh yeah. So I came in and we were at the Black Fox Mm -hmm. at the drama bookshop downstairs in the basement, which has now become very, very well known. I don't know if you've seen the Freestyle Love Supreme documentary on Hulu. Uh, but it's highlighted uh, on there. So Free Salad oh, is that's a great. project that Lynn and his friends uh, created, again, out of college uh, that became a show on Broadway, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And there's a beautiful documentary about their journey on Hulu. So this drama bookshop, uh, we're in the drama bookshop. I walk in 
and Lynn is say, sitting at the piano and he's just like playing these chords. And, you know, it was the only thing that stayed in the show from that early time to the show opening was In the Heights. That that little In the Heights has been oh my God. around for quite some time. So I learned this song and he's like, do you want to be part of my play? And I was like, sure. And so, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to be with the show basically from those very, very early readings through it opening on Broadway and becoming mm. this incredibly beautiful, well-received Tony Award winning show. Yes. And, uh, you know, seeing Lynn and what he's created for himself and for all of us. And just, I could not be more proud, obviously. Mm. Um, he's such a light in the world and we need him. And he's always had that, that beautiful heart that we all sort of connect with. That's always been there and it's always been in his music. And I think it's mm. what we all gravitate towards. So mm -hmm. it's beautiful to see him grow and offer so much, you know? Yes. Yes. No, he's been a, a such a positive influence to the theater community and just, I mean, performers, I mean, everywhere. I mean, just with everything he's creating, it's, it's incredible to have someone like him on both sides of the fence performing and the creative side. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 We're lucky to live in a time where, we get to witness that. Yes, yes. And then you also got to work with the legendary Hal Prince I in did. Prince of Broadway. Yeah. And I mean, what what was it like? I mean, because he's had such an illustrious career. Oh my God, legend. Yes. Truly legend. I mean, what else is there to say? To, to be a little tiny part of that legacy is such an incredible honor. Mm. Uh, you know, he's such a revelation for the theater and responsible for so much and had his hands in so much and <clears throat> what an incredible mind and what an incredible uh, uh, trajectory, you know? Mm -hmm. So to meet him at toward the end of his life and, and get to know him and feel that energy again. I mean, we were at this theater and he would, we were six, the girls were all in a dressing room and he would come up the six flights Every time he every time he visited, first of all, he would get to the theater and he would announce himself over the PA and say, <laughs> "The prince is in the building." So we would know he was there. And then he would come up six flights of stairs to sit and check in on us and see how we were doing. Um, oh my God. 91. It's incredible. So, so he had such fervor, and he loved the theater so much more than mm -hmm. anyone I've ever known. So yeah, it was really. You know, I always say that the most incredible part of that experience was hearing the, his stories told mm -hmm. in his own words, in his own voice, from his own mouth. It's like, yes. you know, you're like a kid in front of a candy <laughs> like, tell me more. So that was a really, really amazing, beautiful and special uh, part of my life. And, and, yeah. and to, to be able to play those incredible roles. Yes, I was going to say, you, you got to play some of his most iconic, I mean, if you did, uh, you sang from Evita, okay. Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah. And um, Sydney from It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's, it's yes. a Man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what, 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 what was it like for you to like get a, a sampling of those iconic shows that he created to, to actually play those roles? First, I was terrified, <laughs> of course, because, come on, 
It's don't cry for me, Argentina. (laughs) (laughs) For the man himself, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, and he, but ultimately you, you got to do your job and you step up to the plate and you make it your own. And he was very generous and, and, you know, it was again, a dream come true. That's that in itself is such an, an iconic part in the musical theater canon. So Mm -hmm. to sing those, I got to sing Buenos Aires and don't cry for me, Argentina Mm -hmm. back to back. And uh, as a Latin woman to step into those shoes, even for a millisecond, what it, again a dream a dream mm-hmm. my life is full of dreams come true <laughs> it is it is it's so nice to hear that yeah you know and, and i think it's also really important to stay present to that um mm-hmm. it's very easy to get lost in the negativity the difficulty of this career the challenges mm-hmm. that it comes with the ups and the downs you know my my dearest friend andrea burns her oh, dad said, her. you know, you guys live a life of high highs and low lows. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very true. You know, so when those moments yes. come, you you got to hold on to them and relish them. Yes. Yes. That's very wise advice. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's, <laughs> let's, what'd you say? Lessons learned. Yes. Yes. Hey, that could be a book. Lessons learned from Janet to Lessons Carl. learned. <laughs> Janet Life in the Theater. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, let's take one final break. And when we come back, um, we'll do some rapid fire questions. And then I'll ask you my famous question. Okay. So don't go anywhere. More with Janet Takal when we come back. And, and now we're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You could be my guest announcer every time now. I would love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you did it so well. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, let's start with the rapid fire questions, which I have to say for you, I switched them up from what I normally ask because okay. um, I'm making yours half theater related and and then half like general stuff. So. Okay, so my first question is, and and I'm going to leave it up to you how you want to interpret these options. Okay. Okay. So, Glinda or Elphaba? Elphie. Dolly Levi or Mama Rose? Mama Rose. <laughs> I saw Patty Lapone play that part, and I, oh. I was sitting center, orchestra, and I asked myself, why do I even try this? <laughs> <It was> so <laughs> incredible. She was, I got to see that production of Gypsy. Oh my God. So just, incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Masterclass. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. Uh, Sandy or Rizzo? Rizzo. Mm. Okay. Now we're going to go to some general rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, favorite go-to emoji when texting? A heart. I love it. Mm. The red heart or? Depends. A, it, uh-huh. Sometimes red, sometimes blue. Mm. You know, it depends on the feeling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, favorite scent or smell? Gardenias. Mm. Uh, oh, I love my that. grandmother growing up, she, she passed away when I was very young, but she had two beautiful gardenia trees in, the, in her front yard. And I remember as a kid, every time I got to her house, the first thing I would do is run to one of those trees and take in the smell oh, of gardenias. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Uh, favorite M M&M and M flavor? Almond butter. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love almond butter. Anything almond butter. <laughs> <laughs> and favorite M M&M and M color? Blue. I'm a big yes. blue fan. 
I love it. Blue's my favorite. I was always a fan of the green growing up, but then once blue came out, I was like, nope, it's blue now. Yeah, blue, yeah. blue is a blue is a, a bit of a theme in my life. So yes, yes. Oh, how? Well, my engagement ring is a sapphire. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I know. I know people listening can't see it, but it it's is gorgeous. Beautiful blue sapphire. My honey was a NYPD forensics detective, so blue. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Um, the house that I'm moving into has a blue door. Oh my God. I love it. And there's a gorgeous blue chair in the front yard. So mm. see, blue, blue comes up quite a bit. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Blue is my favorite color too. So I'm always interested hearing yeah. about this. That's yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. See, another piece of advice that you can put in the book. Lessons learned. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're up to uh, we're up to the end of the interview and my famous question. Okay. So I always end playing off of, of the title of my podcast, Burying It All with Call Me Adam. So if you could bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not told previously, what would you share with me today? Hmm. Well, a funny, quirky little thing about me is that I love the smell of gasoline at a gas station. Yes, I love me too. Yes. I'm a fan of that scent. And in the theme of lessons learned with Janet DeCall, uh, when I was about four years old, uh, I walked into a supermarket with my mom and I kind of found my way to the toy aisle and I saw these a little bag of balloons that had been opened. Uh -huh. And I decided that I really wanted them and she didn't want to buy them for me. So I stuck them in my pocket. And on the way to the car, she asked me what was sticking out of my pocket. She saw the balloons and I said, these are the balloons. And she's like, oh no. She made me walk back into the store, ask for the general manager, hand them back to the general manager and apologize for stealing, essentially stealing these balloons. So that was a very early lesson learned by Janet, with Janet to call, and I never took anything ever again. <laughs> wow. I love that story. Yeah. And I love that it's story. True. It's true. I have a similar story. I was on vacation with my parents and there was, uh, I was at the candy machine and I got like a, a Snickers bar and then there was another Snickers bar that was like sticking out and, you know, I was trying to rattle the machine. Well, anyway, I was able to reach my arm through the like where the candy dispensed and I got the extra one and I was so proud of myself. I went back and I told my parents, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, look, I got two Snickers. And I told them how I did it and they're like, you stole it. They're like, you have to, I had to go to the front office at, at the hotel and give it back and tell the woman that I, I took it and I brought it back. And she was like, oh my God, thank you so much for bringing it back. You're so honest. And I was like, well, what can I Not say? My choice. <laughs> exactly. exactly. We do it. <laughs> yes. But it does. It teaches you a lesson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, this has been so much fun. I've enjoyed talking to you so much. Likewise, Adam, thank you for having me. You're welcome. And everybody listening, you have to get Janet's debut album, My Standards. You're going to love it. And um, 
when the band's visit tour resumes, whenever we can resume live performances, definitely go see her on tour. And we look forward to to when you uh, announce a date for uh, a concert for your debut album, My Standards. And, um, and then also just remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have over 70 theater and art related podcasts. So keep listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, lived for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam at broadwaypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere podcasts are streamed, including iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at callmeadamnyc. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. And finally, if you really want to get involved, become a member of my Patreon page at patreon.com backslash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get exclusive perks, including behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and everybody's favorite, swag.